And now a word from our sponsor. Today's episode is presented by Early Bird. Early Bird is the simplest way for parents, family, and friends to collectively invest in a child's financial future, starting at the earliest age. Early Bird's mobile app empowers parents and families to start saving for their child's financial future in a matter of minutes. While activating a child's broader community to give contributions on birthdays, holidays, and any occasion, this is how you can do that. For me, I wish we had this kind of thing when I was younger, as I am the oldest of three kids, and it would have been a great opportunity to learn how to save, and I cannot wait to do this with my nephew. My nephew is turning 10 this year, and he gets money every year for birthdays and Christmas, and this would be a great way for him to learn to save and to invest in his future. So today we're teaming up with Early Bird to give our listeners a free $15 investment gift to your child you love. Simply go to partners.getearlybird.io slash podcast or the link in our show notes. Download the app and create an account today. Early Bird, build the nest and invest in the the children you love. What's up, bookworms? It's your host, Steely. What's up, guys? It's MJ. Hope everybody's having a lovely Monday. Or I guess when this goes out, it'll be a Tuesday. I always forget what day it is when we do these. Me too. I was literally, the only reason I remembered is because I'm looking at my computer right now. Um, I am trying to think of important things about me right now. Honestly, there's nothing important about me because I literally have just been writing like a maniac um been doing podcasts obviously um i haven't read anything new uh nothing uh i in the last episode i gave you guys all of my updates on what i'm waiting on for to come out but other than that for me there's not really anything super crazy happening um stevie what's going on in the book world for you not really much i'm reading i read two um arcs the last two days one was an arc by an author who's coming on the podcast in I think two weeks and that is um I want to make sure I say this correctly because it's got this weird title and it's a bakery romance so of course you know it's gotta be some kind of because it uses the word bunt in it like bunt cake yeah and I want to make sure I call it the right title because I did that the other day when we did this. Um, Nothing But Love by Samantha Lind. And it is the cutest love story. I absolutely adored it. It's Second Chance um, with a billionaire and a bakery owner. Um, They grew up in Sweet Valley, Tennessee. Uh, He's coming home for his grandmother's birthday and has had a crush on the bakery owner's daughter for years and she's had a crush on him but neither one of them ever said it so that one's very cute and I am also reading My Unexpected Family which is book three in Harlow James's um billionaire series which is it's a shorter read. I'm about 53% through, and it's it's really good so far. The uh, One Night Stand, Secret Baby, and Aruba. Forced Ooh. Proximity. We love a good Forced Proximity. Love it. Here for it. Um, but that's really it for me right now. I did read uh, books. I believe it's book two in Lacey Black's new series. And that book is called... Don't Go Away Mad. And it is a part of the Cruise and Brews series that Lacey Black did. And all the books have Motley Crue lyrics. Oh, love it. Titles like the first one was Kickstart My Heart. Mm-hmm. And book two is Don't Go Away Mad. And I forget what she titled book three and four, but they are, um, book two is getting ready to come out tomorrow. Love it. I believe it's tomorrow. If it's not tomorrow, it's on Wednesday. Um, Piper Rain's new book comes out. You guys will be hearing this episode the day it releases. Um, My Lucky 13 will be out when you hear this. That is a phenomenal hockey series. It's rom-com. It's 
it's really cute and sweet and kind of like got one of those uh superstitions that the guy has to have the girl follow him because she's his lucky charm yeah it, well and that's the funny part is because you hear so many times in sports especially hockey yeah superstitions yeah and about how a lot of the hockey players will always do something before they go to a game like uh tj oshi always takes the train yeah the metro the dc metro train into the uh capital one arena like yeah. he always takes it he said it's part of his game day r- routine I love um, so this one is no different she what he hits on her on New Year's Eve, she throws wine in his face, and after that, his bad streak is over. And now she he needs her to throw wine in his face before every game. I love it. And it's a really good love story about how it really wasn't the wine, it was her. And it takes a while because he doesn't want to admit it. And he tries, he pushes really hard because she really likes him. But it's cute. I'm excited to read it. I'm going to read it when it comes out, hopefully, if I have time. But um, no, so I think that's all. Is that all the book stuff for you? Yes. All right, cool. So I'm going to go ahead and read the author bio. We have a debut author of the month. We have, uh, we do have to mention people go sign up for our Patreon. Oh, yeah, definitely. Go sign up for our Patreon. You can get some really cool stuff if you sign up. If you can't do the Patreon, Totally understand. Leave us a review on Apple. Leave us a review on Spotify. Or, you know, just give us a follow. Shout us out. Do whatever. Talk about us. Tell people. Tell people to start listening to us on their ride homes from work. We also have a huge, huge announcement coming in less than two weeks. Yeah, which is super exciting. Be prepared. Um, We cannot wait to share this. It's been in, uh, what, 12 weeks in the making? Yeah, it's been (laughs) going. So it's been a hard secret to keep. For sure. Especially for Stevie. Oh my God, I know. I'm busting at the seams with this one because it's such a good one. I've talked to a few authors who already know because they're helping me with some stuff with it. So it's going to be exciting. Can't wait. But uh, let's go ahead and uh, read the bio for this debut author who we both adore. Canadian author who loves a good book, boyfriend, and the sassy heroines who bring them to their knees, connoisseur of charged looks and lingering touches, big fan of witty banter, horse girl through and through, fully convinced that it's always wine o'clock somewhere. Without further ado, Elsie Silver. Thank you so much for joining us. We are super excited to have you. Welcome to the Bookshop Boyfriends podcast. Introduce yourself, say hi. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm, um, Elsie Silver, a new contemporary small town romance author, and I'm super excited to be here. Okay, so we found you on Instagram. That's how we <laughs> found each other was IG. Listen, social media yeah. is insane with the way that you can meet new people all the time. That's and right. When I found out what you wrote. I was like, like, it was like horse racing. I have never, never read a series about horse racing (laughs) me neither I thought that that was super unique but we're gonna jump right on into questions with you Stevie do you want me to start you want you to start yeah you can start okay cool all right so you released off to the races a few months ago and it features Vaughn and Billy so what inspired you to write a story about horse racing yeah so um I grew up I mean I started riding lessons when I was like five um loved horses from like kind of obsessed from childhood it was this thing where my parents were like okay if your mom wins this scholarship you can have riding lessons and I like remember coming home and then being like guess what your mom won this huge scholarship and I just remember looking at them and saying okay do I get riding lessons now oh my god um (laughs) yeah so then that kind of just started the obsession and I got super competitive as I got older and I actually ended up training and coaching professionally at one point in my life before I had my son. Yeah. So it's something that has just been, I guess, a huge part of my life forever. And then when I started writing romance, you know, write what you know. And I was like, okay, well, I know horses and I know people love animals and books. And, um, I'm like a 
absolute binge avid romance reader for years <laughs> now so it seemed like kind of the perfect way to mix it all together yeah yeah so where do you live at that you have these horses and horse train and like horse training so I've moved all over um but I grew up in Alberta Canada um and lived very close to um I don't know if it would still be considered that but at the time the number one show jumping venue in the world called Spruce Meadows. If you see show jumping on TV ever, you would see it at Spruce Meadows probably. They have big $1 million classes and people travel from all the world, all over the world to compete there. So um, that's where I started out with it. And then it's just really big in Western Canada. So even when I moved- Like Southern horses, like barrel racing. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's that too, because Calgary's called Cowtown, so there's like the whole stampede rodeo side, yeah. and then there's I know, like rodeo. The, there's I like, like the other side. Don't worry, I'll get there next series. Yeah, I feel like you're all you're like fancy horse riding jockeys, like people with the tight pants and the hats and the, and the nice jackets. And yeah, and I didn't ever do horse racing, but I love going to the races, and yeah. I have ridden horses that are oftentimes they retire quite early from racing and then they're also great jumpers and so I've ridden horses that had previous track careers and have always just kind of had a soft spot for it yeah oh yeah so, thanks I'm a hobby like horse racing I have an expensive hobby because you got to have horse just go just go place two dollar bets that's fun oh <sighs> I don't know how I feel about betting, but I, I'm I'm pretty sure I would suck at it. I have the worst <laughs> luck in the world. You'd be surprised. It's actually quite entertaining, even if you are betting and losing. No. Yeah, if you just... That's not fun. You just do the cheap ones and pick a name you like or what's pretty, and then you feel invested. No, nah, I'm going to pick the underdog every single time. Who's in last place? I'm going to do that. <laughs> I'm going to do Big that. Big money. One. Every single yeah. time I watch a TV show or a movie, the underdog always wins. So I'm going for it. There you go. Um, Stevie, you go ahead and take the next question. <laughs> okay. So what made you want to release Out of the Gate as a prequel novella before releasing Off to the Races? Yeah. So that was um, before I got, well, actually, so I wrote Off to the Races first and it took me a long time to write because I kind of just started it as, you know, I'm locked down with a four-year-old and I need something to do. And I have had these ideas in my head for, you know, years. So I just started doing it for fun. And then I started doing some more research about self-publishing it and different routes I could go with it. And one of the recommendations was to have something that you can give away to readers and maybe interest them in your mailing list or get yeah. bloggers to give you a shot with something shorter. And so um, I just decided to run with that information and um, yeah, wrote the novella and it was whatever, really well received actually. So that was kind of fun. I've never written a novella and I'm not a big novella reader either. So it felt a bit weird, but <laughs> it turned out well. Yeah. That is actually super smart. I wish I would have thought of that shit. You know what I would have done? I wrote a, I would have wrote a novella about JR. If I would have thought about that, that's what I would have done. Damn, it's not too late. I'm going to do it. Oh my God. Readers would kill me. She's already doing the next generation, so I'm I mean. I'm already doing a next gen, so if I make them wait any longer for the next gen by putting a novelia in there, they'll kill me. They'll kill me. Yeah. Um, so, Billy, what or where did you find the inspiration for this character? Tell us all the deets. All the deets. Um, yeah, Billy, um has overwhelmingly gone over like way better than I ever imagined she would. Um, <laughs> I, I've had people being like, I usually fall in love with the male main character, but I think I'm in love with Billy. And um, <laughs> I love that. Which is great. Cause I love a strong heroine and um, yeah, she, I have, I've had a couple friends over the years that are just really outspoken and you know, they're kind of those characters that either you love them or you hate them. But I think yeah. that they're, you know, the women that I'm kind of emulating in Billy have just the biggest hearts. And um, 
And so I wanted her to be that way. But I also think, you know, she left behind a family that was one way and that it probably really polarized her the other direction. And that we do this thing to women where, you know, if they talk a certain way or if they say certain things, it's not very ladylike. And oh, God, ooh, so like if a man talked that way, we'd all be excited and think he was so masculine and hot. And yeah, we oh, kind of have this double standard with women. And so I wanted to push that boundary with her a little bit, I think. Yes, I love women <laughs> like that. I think women are so hard on other women. I feel like they magnetize like flaws in women. Yes. Uh, female readers so I think anytime that readers enjoy a female character I think it's a testament to you as a writer because it's easy to write a swoony hero it's really hard to get readers to fall in love with a heroine because yeah I mean if they're too strong or too soft or you know you know don't look a certain way it's just very hard for women to be easy on a heroine so it's a struggle but I mean congratulations on them liking Billy I think that's a Thank you. Yeah, I have one author who's helped me out a little bit along the way. And I said to her, I'm having a bit of anxiety over my next book because everybody loved Billy so much. And like, I don't know how to recreate that. And she jokingly said, just rewrite the same character. <laughs> I was like, no, I can't. <laughs> I think, I think honestly, it's hard about trusting yourself and that um, trusting, trusting like the story that you want to write. And if like your female character is not strong like Billy like she can like there are multiple ways to be strong like you don't always have to be like brash and cussing and you know like stomping on the ground you know tomboy to be strong like you can be like flowery dainty makeup whatever and still be just as bad bitch so absolutely I think it's just like trusting yourself and just knowing that not everybody's gonna love every single character that you ever write and it's just about making your story the way that you want it to look so yeah yeah congratulations on that uh, oh thank you yes stevie go ahead okay so vaughn is the character with a lot on his plate um dealing with like scandals and with his grandfather did you know his story would go that way ahead of time <laughs> do you mean do you mean the whole dermot thing yes yeah yeah, so I did because I wrote Off to the Races first. Yeah. Um, so it's funny because I had even ARC readers who were like, what are you doing to me? Why would you do this? And I, <laughs> from my perspective, from my perspective, I, because I'd written Off to the Races first, um, I felt like Dermot was kind of not given a fair shake in that book. Like there wasn't enough explanation for why he did the things that he did. And um, I think it did make him look worse than I wanted him to be. And so when I wrote that book, I was like, oh, here, this novella will be like a redemption arc for Dermot. But I didn't really plan on, I guess this is really (laughs) short-sighted on my part, but I didn't anticipate, you know, people reading the novella first and then falling in love with him and being really kind of devastated. Yeah. Um, and then him being a douchebag and then you being like, oh, well, shit. <laughs> yeah, you know, and that said, I, I think, I still think, and I had a good talk with one of my ARC readers about this is that um, I still think that it was what he did was in the end when it's all explained Yeah. Um, in character for him, because I think he just loved Ada so much that he would have done anything to make that happen. Exactly. And um, like, it was a bad decision, but I still think it doesn't make him a bad person. But maybe I just am attached exactly. to my own character. <laughs> <laughs> Biased to the people that I create. Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. you are currently working on a photo finish. So what can fans expect from the second book in the series? Um, so the second book is going to be Second Chance, um, and it's between, um, Violet and Cole, so Vaughn's older brother. I love that um, Violet. Yeah, so he has a military background and runs their, um, big resources company more so than is at the farm, and Violet is the jockey. And um, it's teased in Off to the Races that they do know each other somehow, mm-hmm. um, but nobody really knows why. So you're going to find out why and how and 
um, what went down there. And <laughs> it's, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I'm going through the edits right now, like my, from my editor and she loves it. So um, I think it'll be, it's not quite as, it's maybe not quite as funny, but it's, um, it's really steamy and still has that like slow burn angsty kind of vibe that I love. So, yeah. I'm excited for you. So you said, I do want to ask a question that's not on this thing. You said that you eventually want to write like the rodeo portion. So are you going to do that in like another series? Yeah. So I have a photo finish and then one more book planned in this series. Um, And then I plan to do kind of a spinoff. It'll it'll actually be back to Violet's hometown. So she has three brothers that live in Alberta on a ranch there. And um, I plan to do the small town kind of thing there as well. Um, And there will be like a rodeo component to at least one of the books is kind of what I'm imagining. I love a good rodeo, listen. I, I listen, I'm a yeah, sucker. chaps and wranglers. What's not to I, like? I'm a sucker for a bull rider. Listen to me. I yes. In in my in my millions of ideas of books that I have, eventually I want to write a series about bull riding because nice. I think men who ride bulls are the hottest fucking thing on the earth. Like like right. I don't even like. Okay, you could be like a three on the attraction scale, but like you get yeah. out on a on a bull. And you, you hold on for seven seconds. You make a really cool dismount and you're just automatically at nine. You're a nine. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. <laughs> yeah. It takes a level of uh, whatever. I yeah, guess balls like, to do yeah, that. Hey, balls. It's like it, that guy totally. is definitely going to come hit on me at the bar because he has no fear whatsoever. That's hot. That's hot. Yeah. So it I love hot. That's what I always feel like about, um, Maybe this is just, I have a friend who's a veteran, but we've talked about um, like military characters, like oh, yeah. that That's they have like this soft gooey center, but like, you know, they can kill somebody. And there's just <laughs> something about like, <laughs> about that, like whatever masculinity. Like hot Navy SEAL. It's like, I know you're a good person, but I know that if I like, you could kill somebody yeah. with like your bare hands. Like, I just know it. And that's hot. Like, totally. That's a totally. All right, Stevie, go ahead with the next question. Okay, so now, if Off to the Races was to be made into a TV or movie, who would you choose for your ideal cast? Yeah, so this is a tough one for me because um, Billy I had, like, pinned on Pinterest as um, Minka Kelly um, from Friday Night She's in that. Um, she oh here you said her keyword she loves her friday night lights oh moment my God. <laughs> oh, yeah so that's about lila garrity yeah exactly <laughs> okay i yeah. love that one so what about for I vaughn um for vaughn that was hard i had a blogger message me when she was making um making like an edit and be like who do you same thing and I was like oh shit I don't know like he's (laughs) in my head I can envision him um but I've um I've since had to send some like inspiration photos for kind of what I'm thinking and um and it's kind of I feel like kind of like a Ben Barnes vibe like this like shadow and bone kind of one with like the little bit longer hair and stubble not like young Ben Barnes Oh, I know what you're talking about, Ben Barnes. I love Ben Barnes. Yeah. You talk about yeah. I, I, I have a picture of him now in this wet white t-shirt. Oh. So I like oh. I'll send <laughs> it to you. <laughs> I will make it my background. They'll play no games with me. My background for the longest time was Charlie Hunnan. And it wasn't even of his body. It was just of his face. Because I genuinely think his face is a work of art. Like, it's, yeah. there's, I don't, oh my God. Like, I, they're so pretty. It's unfair. It's so unfair. So unfair. All right. So what's next for you in 2021? Yeah, 2021. I've got um I've got a photo finish slated for August 13th. (gasps) That's my birthday. I'm reclaiming Friday the 13th. That's so awesome. It's your birthday. That's my birthday. I was born on Friday the 13th. This is my first Friday the 13th birthday since I was born. No way. Word of God. That's perfect. Whoop. Yeah. It must be good luck. I feel like As it's you can see, I literally luck. have like the, the, the Jason mask on my fucking. <laughs> 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 on my I know. 
the the girl who's helping like the publicist was like are you okay with that like is Friday the 13th uncomfortable for you and I was like no I kind of dig it actually let's do it (laughs) (laughs) yeah um so yeah I've got that and then um and then the last book I'm kind of aiming for the end of November probably Mm -hmm. see if I can pick up my pace a little bit and then yeah, I don't know. I'll probably, I have a plan to send out a little updated deleted scene of probably Vaughn and Billy for Christmas to my newsletter. So um, I love doing those. Yeah, it's nice. And I feel like they're like their epilogue, their epilogue was sweet and I really liked it, but it didn't totally wrap things up for them quite. So they reappear in the next three books. And then I think that'll just be a nice way to finish off the series before I head in another direction so yeah little bonus scenes in newsletters I do it all the time I try to I know I, I get your newsletter ah yeah, <laughs> yeah I do it I try to do it like I'm ha- I have another one coming up that I is gonna go out in July and mm-hmm. I haven't decided I mean I'm pretty sure I know what couple I'm gonna do obviously I did Nico and Riggs last time so obviously I've got to do one for Kai and Lottie I'm just not sure what I want to do yet um but yeah I'm excited I love those those I think those are such cool ways to like make readers happy you know because like I feel like a book it's it's, you can only put so much in a book you know and it's like well I want to see like little moments and it's like this is the best way to do that is those I love totally and I love like I don't know about you but then I always in my newsletter like drop me a line or tell me what you think or whatever and then people respond to me and I'm like I don't know it just makes me giddy every time and those ones always get people talking to me which is nice I know I love it it's my fave so moving forward to writing questions when did you realize you wanted to be a writer or like an author hmm I don't know I I've always well whatever my mom's been bugging me about it for years I think I've always been I don't mean to sound like I'm pumping my own tires, but like a good writer, even in school, it came very easily to me. Um, Much to my one high school teacher's dismay, my attendance record in high school was very subpar and it drove him (laughs) crazy. (laughs) It drove him crazy that I still did well in his class. So yeah, got to dedicate one of these books to Mr. Culp here one of these days. But um, that's me. I had a shitty teacher, which was, she wasn't shitty. She was just mean. She did not like me. Yeah. And she yeah. did not like that I was good at English. And I was like, that sucks to be you. I remember reading Life of Pi and getting in trouble for reading ahead. Like it yeah. was like, yeah, that kind of stuff. Anyways, so I've always been a huge reader and I've liked writing. And I have kind of dipped my toes into when I had my son, the kind of freelance editing side of things, more so with um, academic work. So yeah. um, that kind of got me reading other people's writing and going, maybe, maybe I'm not so bad after all. (laughs) So yeah. So then it just kind of, yeah, like I said, lockdown, but my mom's been telling me for years to do it. So hats off to her. We love a supportive mom. So are you a plotter, a pantser or like somewhere in between? (laughs) You know, I, I think I'm somewhere in between. I, did not plot anything for off to the races, like nothing. I remember getting to about 60,000 words and just being like, where the fuck am I going with this? Like, no, (laughs) no idea. And I, that's when I kind of let it rest for a little bit because it was like more than my, like, than I could kind of wrap into my brain. Um, And so that then when I went back to it, I started just doing like a cue card for every chapter with like a loose outline of like where I thought it would go just to give myself some guidance. And then out of the gate, I plotted out really carefully because of knowing I wanted to keep it at that novella length and then just kind of like weird pacing in comparison. And then I think that now like I just did a loose outline of every chapter, like this chapter, this happens, this chapter, this happens, but yeah. I don't have intense you know, character profiles or oh, I um, timelines or anything like that laid out. So I don't know. Cringes. I just, I do. Oh my God. Do you? Yeah. yeah. I feel like I, I maybe should. I think that's the one thing that I do plot. Like I'll, I plot 10 chapters at a time when I'm writing. So like plot the first 10 chapters, write the first Oh, I chapters, like that. 
plot 10 more chapters mostly just because but my character outlines are fucking like I know their zodiac signs I know like <laughs> like I know like everything there is to know about these people mostly just because I I think the, the my writing style is very character driven in itself so I basically build these yeah. characters in my head I give them personalities and then the first 10 chapters I plot and then I kind of, after that, I kind of let them tell me, like, I've created these people. So now I want you guys to tell me, like, where you want it to go. So yeah, I let them. That's totally what I found with this last book, because I plotted every chapter from start to finish. And then I got to, like, chapter 12 and was like, well, that's not where this is going now. So I really had to, like, pivot some, like, I feel like I overplanned it and it, like, kind of killed my flow for a little bit there. So I, I like your 10 chapters at a time idea. It's yeah, not quite the I, same level of commitment. I am recently just learning how to do that because with my, with Courage for Fools, like I re, I just learned how to do it midway through Courage for Fools because I plotted out all of it. I plotted out all of Courage for Fools. It was road trip. I knew where they were going. I was like, it's perfect. And then I started writing it and I was like, this is fucking stupid. Why did <laughs> I ever think that this was going to work? So, I think we all hit that point. I was like, God, I'm an idiot, but have a question. What do you write? What do oh, you, here we go. What do you, what do you write on? What software do you write on? Scrivener. Ah, yes. See, look, oh my God, this is my girl. I knew it. I, knew <laughs> it girl. I literally, if people don't use Scrivener on this podcast, when I interview them, I give the, I'm like, give me two minutes and I'll sell it to you right now. And not yeah, I love it. Do you, so when you send it to your editor though, do you swap it into word? Yeah, I just do the PDF, like where it tells you that you can copy it over or like make the document into Word. I literally just copy it into Word and then yeah. like- And then do you put it back in after? Um, Sometimes, I guess it just depends. I mean, I, I it goes through so many, like it goes to two editors and a proofreader. And so yeah. by the time it comes back to me, it's been through Word so many times that I don't even worry about putting it yeah, back through. Yeah. I just send it to my phone. I just wish I could put it back in, but it seems like a hassle. I know. And it, the, yeah. the cool thing about it is, is I wish that my editors would use Scrivener because then yeah. I could really format it in like, like I could put the indentions and in like the, you can like make yeah. an option to format it in ebook. And then I can just send it to my ebook, my formatter, and she'll like have like an easier job, but yeah <gasps> yeah I literally anyways yeah I love Scrivener and I love because I can if I think of something as I'm going I just make a note on the side and I go back and yeah it's see, so it's awesome see look that's what yeah. I'm saying I wish we could use it more it's amazing I love it Scrivener um, should just sponsor us but I'm telling yeah. you right now bro I've sold Scrivener to I can't tell you how many people I cannot tell you how many people I've sold it's a great deal and it's way cheaper than word oh it's absolutely. better and it's so much better. Like Word, like when I was, when I was first doing it, I had to have like four documents open for like notes, like research, yeah. character outlines, yeah. outline itself. And I was like, bro, it's taking up too much space. Yeah. But I, I love this one. So do you have yeah. any interesting riding quirks, like eating Twizzlers or like wearing like the same pair of shoes or hoodie, something like that? Hmm. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I have a brand new Mac that my parents bought me for Christmas. So I'm like really neurotic about not eating near it because I've, <laughs> I've never had a Mac before. and I'm like in love with it. Um, but I do, I find that um, there's certain scenes that I'm writing where I want to listen to music, like sexy scenes. I have like a sexy playlist that I like to listen to. But then there's a lot of scenes, especially dialogue, where I feel like that's just too many words in my head. But I've found that I still, like, I have, like, the big over-the-ear noise-canceling Bose headphones. And yeah. I find that even if I don't have the music on, there's, like, something about, like, the pressure on my head. I don't know what it is, but I'll put them on <laughs> even, if I, even if I know I'm not going to listen to music. It's just, like, it puts me in the zone now. It's, like, I've trained myself that that's, like... I don't know some sort of I think Bella Matthews does that too she was telling me that she puts them on just to cancel out her kids noise but they also mm -hmm. help her write yeah Dude, I, love noisy. <laughs> I love them I love them you do what works for you yeah it just puts you in like the kind of mood where it's like okay it's time to write with these damn yeah. things yeah so yeah and I try to put my phone away from me because I find it I'm get distracted you can ask Stevie this last, so this book I'm currently working on, I have literally, like, I literally tell them, I'm like, yo, I'm going to write, 
And so if anybody needs to contact me, just call me. And I literally put my phone into my bedroom and keep it on loud. So the only way that they're going to be able to get to me is if they call me. <laughs> right. Smart. Yeah. And then I come back and I'm like, okay, I missed everything. Got like 18 messages from Stevie. Or Marco Polo. <laughs> like, hello, I'm back. Um, so what oh. do you like to do when you are not writing? When I'm not writing, um, well, I have a five-year-old um, and he keeps me very, very busy. Um, I have three dogs. They also keep oh, me very busy. Um, and I, before COVID, I loved working out at like the gym. Like, I don't know, like the people watching and just like the change of pace, but I haven't been back yet because in Canada, things are still very slow to open. Um but we've gotten outside. I love hiking. I live near the ocean. So we love to go down there and pick shells or whatever. I mean, it's West coast ocean. There's crabs and seaweed. It's not like tropical, but, um, it matter. I love West coast. What part of West coast do you live? Wait, are you still in Canada? Yeah. So I'm just outside of Vancouver. (gasps) Oh, you lucky dog. You lucky son of a gun. (laughs) It's pretty beautiful. (laughs) I want to live in Canada so bad. You have no idea. I'm going to, one of these days, I told my husband, I was like, if it happens like by magic that I become like a big time selling author, we're moving to Canada. I want to live in Vancouver. Yeah. Like I've wanted to live in Vancouver or Oregon, like my whole life. Like I love yeah. the weather over there. I love how it looks. Like I love all of yeah. it. And I told yeah. him, well, yeah. oh, go ahead. Go as ahead. far as, as far as Canada goes, it's like, I've lived in Alberta and Saskatchewan also. And as far as Canada goes, it's like the best climate you can ask for. Well, I mean, yeah. right now our heat wave is crazy, but it's so temperate. Even the winters are really very bearable, but it's, it doesn't yeah. get that hot in the summer and it doesn't get that cold in the winter. Yeah, and nice. I told them, I was like, if I strike big and end up, you know, making like great money, we're moving to Canada. And he literally, like, maybe, maybe when the Bruins come play, you'll have to come. Ah! Don't play no games with me. Listen, but see, <laughs> oh my God, I love them. The thing is, is we'll never play Vancouver. Listen, we'll never play Vancouver unless we're in a playoff. And the only time we'll play them is the Stanley Cup because the way they work. And I'm going to be honest with you, way I'm, my, my B's been playing, we ain't going to see Stanley Cup play off the final in a minute. And Vancouver isn't either. So it's going to well, be. I'm an Oilers fan. So oh, you're preaching to the choir. <laughs> And it sucks because yeah. you literally have one of the best players in the NHL on your team. A couple of the best ones. I know. It's I depressing. Know. It's very depressing. But yeah, I want to move to Vancouver. And I told him, like, I we're going to move to Canada. And he was like, okay, cool. If it happens, we will. And I'm yeah. manifesting it. It's going to happen. Okay. We just, we have I'll this conversation all the time with Amy Alves, too, because Amy comes to, has come to our girls' night on Sunday. Yeah. And we're like, you're in Canada? We're, MJ wants to go to Canada too. <laughs> I want to be in yeah. Canada so bad. Well, see, I have family. I have my my aunt lives in Washington, and so I live on the East Coast. So I'm like on the Atlantic Ocean. I fucking hate the Atlantic Ocean, but the Pacific Ocean. I like I like I like I like, I like, uh, like surfing. I like learned how to surf when I was a kid. My dad was really big into it, and I learned how to surf when I was young. And surfing in the Pacific Ocean, I don't even give a shit what anybody says. It's so much nicer. I know the water's a little cooler, but oh my god, yeah. it's so much nicer. And you can't tell me any different. You can't tell me. You got to go to Tofino. Yeah. I want to go there so bad. Oh my girl, you're you're literally telling me everything that I already know. It's like the surfing. <laughs> Sorry. Literally, it's like on my bucket list because there's like a list of like top ten places to surf before you die, and it's like oh, that's okay. literally one of them. And I'm like, I want to. Whatever. Anywho, last writing question is: What does okay. your family think about your writing, and have they read your books? Yeah, my family is super excited and so, so supportive. Um, My husband is just like, wow, I can't believe you make money at this. He's very, (laughs) he thought it was just going to be like a, I don't know, a hobby. Yeah. Um, Not that I'm making lots of money, but like any money at all is like impressive to him, I think. So, um, but no, he's super supportive and um, yeah, it gives me all the time in the mornings or the evenings or whatever, when he can or weekends, which is awesome. Um, and looks at cover photos with me and Love listens to me read my blurbs and I'm like would you buy this and he's like well <laughs> I don't read romance so <laughs> I don't know if I'm the right um, one to ask but you know <laughs> sorry 
he's like, I don't know if I'm the right person to ask, but not yeah, yeah. But no, he's so great and supportive about it. It's it's been fun. And then yeah, my parents um are super proud for sure. Um, my mom, I think you know, my mom's not a huge reader. Um, she's a which sounds funny because she's a professor, but she's definitely not a huge romance reader. Um, but she um. I think she's read most of the book um, or she's read off to the races, but I don't know about out, um, out of the gate. Uh, sadly, my dad has, <laughs> which is really die. awkward. Oh, whatever. He was like, you're a great writer. I was like, Ooh, cool. I would die or literally kill my dad. I would literally cut his eyeballs out. If he Who was it? It was Lisa, uh, Lisa Suzanne. Her father le- reads every book that she writes. Yeah, and we'll give people feedback and he has a part in her newsletter and everything about oh that's so cute though I love that yeah no I'm not letting my dad do that there's no way in hell there's no way your dad also has a t-shirt listen my dad's the most supportive dad I love him I really do but there's no way in hell he's ever reading any he wants to be a cover model (laughs) oh (laughs) help me yeah, my dad's a nutcase. Yeah. I'd buy a book with Mr. J on the front. He is literally, he is, I'm not even joking you. He is literally a nutcase. I can't. I literally can't. And like a lot of people, and that's probably another reason why I won't ever write a novella for JR story is because JR is so much like my dad that I could never, ever <laughs> write a JR sex scene ever. Oh my God. Yeah. I, would, I would cry. I'd, I'd cry. I'd have to have a ghostwriter for that one part. I would just we can co-write it. Oh no! Oh my God, no! <laughs> then he would be very, very overconfident and cocky, and he would exaggerate the character. So we're not doing that. We're not doing that. Um, but that's my last writing question. I'm gonna let Stevie go ahead and uh, take over the reading portion, and I'm gonna okay. Okay. So has a book ever changed your life or your perspective on something? Uh, Hmm, I don't know if specifically if something's ever changed my life. Um, I definitely, I know everybody talks about, you know, Fifty Shades of Grey or Twilight, but I feel like my foray into romance started even earlier with um, like the Charlene Harris books, like the Sookie Stackhouse ones that True Blood is based on. And so um, those are kind of, I remember a friend like gave me a bag with like all the paperbacks in them and I just like devoured them. So I feel like that was kind of a turning point for me. And then even like the Emily Giffen, they were really big for a bit there. Those like something borrowed, something blue with like the, um, illustrated covers. Those, yeah, those were kind of like the first, I mean, I guess those are maybe more women's lit a little bit, but still, kind of in that direction, um, kind of where I got my start in reading romance. And then, I mean, I, re- I read everything, so. Didn't that one of those become a move me- movie? Something Borrowed became a movie. Yeah. yeah. Because it's got this man, hot-ass man named X in it. Yeah. Yeah, and right. Yeah, and it's, a, it's kind of an e- e- interesting one to me anyways, because he's like, I don't, maybe I'm not spoiling anything here. I don't know. He's like cheating on his fiance with his fiance's best friend, which is like kind of a romance no-no in a lot of ways, but oh, it was okay. okay. Listen, if I'm I never, dig it. I'm never, <laughs> first of all, first of all, I've never read the book, but I'm gonna tell you right now, the movie did a phenomenal job of me being like, fuck Darcy. Okay. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Next need to be together, period. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just, and like, I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> Reading isn't like a huge trigger thing for me. Like I'll read a book. Me neither. <clears throat> yeah. And I'm gonna tell you right now, Dex and Rachel should have been together from the in the first place. It's Darcy's damn fault. She did it to her damn self. I'm not even upset. I'm not even, I don't even, <laughs> nobody can convince me otherwise. Nobody can convince me otherwise. All right. I agree. <laughs> Ted talk. Um, so what attracts you to a book? The cover, the blurb, or a recommendation? Oh, I'm I'm a cover girl. Um, yeah, covers for sure. I'm a total sucker for a recommendation too. I'm not as big on blurbs unless there's some blurbs out there where I'm just like, what is this book even about? And that's um, kind of a turn off to me. It, it seems a little bit like popular right now, which is cool. It obviously works, but sometimes I just look at it and I'm like, I don't know what I'm getting into here. So that's the only time I'll like a blurb will almost deter me more than 
um, be like a deciding factor and trope. Like if I'm, if I'm feeling a certain trope or a certain genre. Yeah. yeah. Same, same. What, are, same. what are some of your favorite authors to read? Um, yeah, I read kind of across genres. Um, for contemporary, um, I just read Emily McIntyre's first book, Beneath the Stars, and I loved it. Oh, wait, it. until you re re read Beneath the Surface, I got the- I already know. I haven't read the other ones, and I'm like, oh, that's going to be an intense one. But uh, I really, really enjoyed that. chapters. Six, Sorry? 62 chapters. Oh. I just read awesome. the arc. And wow. the arc is phenomenal. It is so long, but it's worth every ounce of nice. tears and anger that you're going to feel when you read this book. <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah. Speaking of long, one of my other favorite authors who's like one click, I don't care what the cover or the blurb is at all, is Mariana Zapata. I love, um, I love slow burns. Like I'm a total sucker for, um, like painfully long slow burns. I love steamy too, but there's something about if they get together too soon, I lose interest. Um, she needs to read Cat's book. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Cat's yeah, book. Is a um, so like JT Gissinger's slow burn series. I love. Hold on. Um, Hold on. I think you're the first person who I know who's read it, who said it on the podcast. I recommend it to everybody. And they're like, oh, I've never heard of that. And I'm like, what? You're talking about the ones that, like, the first one is, like, um, it's, like, almost like a Beauty and the Beast retelling. Yeah, Burn for You, Melt for You. Yeah, I have the paperbacks. That's how much I, I like them. All of the, I love JT Gessinger. Have you read? He's so funny. Oh, my God. Wicked series. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love, yeah. I love her. And then Midnight Valentine made me literally ball like a baby. I cried so yeah. hard in that book. She's one of my favorites. And then I read... Um, I like, I'm waiting, I'm excited this summer for, I don't know if you've read, if you read any like, um, more paranormal sort of stuff, but KF Breen is another one of my favorites and she's got like finishing off a series this summer that I'm excited for. And then I did the gilded, what is it? The plated prisoner by Raven Kennedy. I read those first three books and then was like gutted when I found out the next book doesn't come out for a year I was like what <laughs> so yeah I mean I'll read anything I'll read historical I'll read erotica you know what you need to read you know what you need what? to read? listen I want to get into historical romance really bad but I'm not I'm just not it's not my vibe that's fair the only thing that I can really get into that isn't even close to historical is like mythology right oh Anything? yeah you play with it a little bit you need to read song of achilles um i have ah! oh my god <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's one of my favorite books i actually just <laughs> i recommended that to my aunt the other day yeah i read that and cersei that this book and like obviously i read the homer i read the illid and the odyssey in school and i yeah. obsessed with that kind of stuff so obviously when i when i saw this book i was like wait a damn minute. I was like, this motherfucker dies. I don't know. It's not even a spoiler. <laughs> it's not even a spoiler because if you live outside of a rock, you know he dies. Okay? So I was like, this dude dies. I was like, this is gonna make me fucking cry. Yeah. Like, don't do me like, and I, I just, I love, I loved it. It's it's like on my shelf right there. It's beautiful. It's, it's a beautiful book. It's yeah. so poetically written and I felt like it right? was so like yeah. done without being really wordy. And then I cried. Oh my god! I I just now I bought the auto like the audio book, and like two weeks ago I reread it with like the audio. And oh, how's I, the audio? Oh my god, it's phenomenal! It's read it's by good. like almost like a he's almost British, like you know, okay, like, like that vibe. But I oh my god, it's phenomenal, so good. And he does, I oh, just did such a good job. And I was like bawling my eyes out, and my husband was like, "What are you reading?" And I was like, "I'm reading this book," <laughs> and he's like, "Why?" <laughs> oh yeah it's a good one I love it I love it so are you an e-reader or a physical copy person I am an e-reader because I I mostly read in bed I go to bed really early because I wake up really early to write and so I like to read in bed and often that's like laying down and I just find the e-reader easier but if I really love something 
either like the story or the cover, I'll still buy it and just leave it on the shelf <laughs> so that I can possess it. <laughs> as you can see. As, yeah, I was going to say. As yeah, yeah. Say, I, was, I love covers. Yeah, look at you guys. Aw. Literally love. I just, there's something about a paperback that I just, I love it. It's so good. So yeah. Good. Nobody's allowed yeah. to even touch mine. Oh, yeah. No, none of these are red. Like all of these I've read on each. No, the only shelf that actually gets like red, like hard, like paperback is like this shelf over here. But that's because it's like my horror stuff and I prefer to read those in person. But all these other ones, they're not touched. Like I've already read all these books. They yeah. like leave them alone. <laughs> you need to wear gloves to touch them? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> that's the joke with my husband and his comic books. Oh! I also like comic books. I have like so many there. You can't see them, but they're in like a little storage container in front of me. Nice. <laughs> so what, what was your last five-star read? Um, I mean, I really loved Beneath the Stars. And um, before that, I read On the Way to You by Candy Steiner. And I love everything Candy Steiner writes. And I don't know how I missed that one, but um. I really, yeah, that was another five-star read, read for me. Have you read Say Yes yet? Not yet. Oh, you're gonna I have it. it. It's on my Kindle. It's I so haven't read good. it yet. So good. Yeah. I feel like I out of all of her books, I don't want to say it's like the least angsty. Like, I mean, it's still, it's still candy. Like, it's still, it still hurts, right? Yeah. I just thought, I thought the, the story itself is very beautiful and like so nostalgic. Like, it just, I was born, I was, I'm younger than everybody else, right? So obviously, you know, it was set in the 90s and she's, I was young the baby <laughs> it's very nostalgic like it took me back to me being a kid it's just it's very good such a good book really really good and her writing is always so beautiful oh, yes. I feel like she could write anything and I would read it I <laughs> love it you're gonna love it okay so now we are moving on this is sadly the end of our podcast but we are going to do trope questions which is our favorite section and then we'll let you talk about yourself a little bit at the end before you say goodbye and okay. uh, yeah, it's gonna be super fun. So Great. your first trope question is favorite trope to write and why? Which I guess you only have two because you've only three technically. So like favorite trope to write and why? Um, I had fun writing enemies to lovers, yeah. but I think I really, and I don't even know if I would, I mean, I know my book says enemy to lovers, but it's kind of like enemies to friends to lovers. Yeah. And I I kind of like the, the like push and pull that comes with friends to lovers and that like, shouldn't, should I, shouldn't I, or this, yeah. even the second chance, like, oh, it hasn't worked out for me. I don't know. I like that. I like that you can draw that part out a little bit with a good internal monologue and yeah. Um, so I like the banter that comes with enemies to lovers, but I think I like the angst with the other two a little bit more. Friends yeah. lovers kills me. Oh God. Every single time I see that trope, I'm like, God, this book's going to fuck me up. <laughs> Which one? Sorry. Friends to lovers. Oh yeah. I know. And I enemies to lovers, but there's something about friends to lovers that I just know it's going to fuck me up. It's like, because oh, it's a little bit more sensitive. I feel like, yeah, yeah. they know everything about each other and they're like grew up to get, oh, <sighs> I love it. So good. <laughs> Maybe you should read beneath the stars next. Yeah. Let me get right on that while I'm in the middle That's of the friends to lover. writing some shit. <laughs> Um, what is one trope you would eventually like to write? Hmm. Um, I think I'd like to do, well, I know, and I know I have it plotted and I'm kind of excited to do it as single dad. Um, I don't know. There's something like, there's something about watching and I don't know if I would have liked it when I was younger, maybe, but like watching my husband with our son, that's very sweet and very like, very like tug at the heartstrings attractive yeah for sure like hot dads right oh, who doesn't yeah. like a hot dad so men with sorry men with children just yeah just something. <laughs> yeah so I think I think that that's what I'm really looking forward to trying on for size yeah. yeah okay so what's one trope you'll never write and why or I guess like if you don't want to say never say never what's one trope that you feel like is like way 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 down the list um, I want to say I'm not wild about 
secret or surprise baby. I I love love my son. They're my favorite. Are they? Oh, that's so cute. Well, I mean, yeah, but it's not, I've read a couple that I like, but, um, I think that was before I had my son. And then when you're like in the throes of being pregnant and birthing and breastfeeding, um, it kind of like loses the really picturesque part of it all, maybe. Um, and then the other one, I don't, well, and I don't think I would as a small town kind of author anyways, and I haven't read enough of it to say, but probably like reverse harem doesn't hold a lot of interest Damn for me. Canceled out both of our favorite tropes. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I'm banned. It's okay, it's fine, it's okay. Reverse harem is hard to write. I mean, I've never wrote it, but I just, I know that it's hard to write. Ugh. Oh, yeah, like a lot of characters play. to hammer out. What? I would also like to say with Secret Baby and Surprise Babies, they I don't think a lot of people realize how different those two are. Fair. Yeah. And maybe it's more, I think Surprise Baby, I could I could see more, I don't know, Secret Baby. It doesn't seem very plausible to me that like somebody could yeah. keep a baby secret without being a little bit malicious about it. I don't know. Well, yeah. and I and that's one of the things where a lot of people are kind of weird like but I was I who was it that we were talking to that asked me for Gianna um Darling. Gianna Darling I have to send that to her but she asked me for book recommendations because she wants to try to get into a couple of them and she yeah, said don't. only send the ones that are really plausible yeah like I feel yeah like exactly maybe if there's a good plot and there's a good reason you know then I can get behind it like it's cool it's just like I feel like a one night stand though and you don't exchange numbers I feel like that is way that is very plausible and it can happen I mean yeah. yes but I agree with you but it's the ones where they like know each other and I don't know yeah, yeah. and they intentionally didn't tell them because yeah of fear or yeah so, yeah last trope question Stevie go ahead if you were in a book, what trope would you want for your story? Hmm. That's a hard one. I think um, probably friends to lovers. I think I would like to know somebody, but then there's kind of like the really aggressive part of enemies to lovers that sounds kind of fun to me too. So if I was in a book, it would be fiction. I would probably pick enemies to lovers. That's usually that, like everybody loves lovers. Hate sex. <laughs> I want the billionaire. Yeah. Ooh, billionaire. For sure. I like that's I like your I like your forethought on that one. Mine's yeah. reverse harem. One of them can be a billionaire. <laughs> right. There you go. Okay, so that is the end of our podcast. So we're gonna leave you a little space to talk about yourself. However, I am very confident that I know your zodiac sign. Are you? I'm going to guess it. Yes. Okay. I think that you are a Capricorn. No. Are you serious? I'm serious. What are you? I'm an Aries. What the fuck? <laughs> like, hold up. Hold up. Wait, are Aries and Capricorn like next to each other? No. Well, yeah, they fucking are. Hold up. Give me a damn second. Why you're did you think I was a Capricorn? You're very poised. And you just, you do not seem like an earth sign. I'm telling you right now, you're, you, oh my God, listen, you've got to have a Capricorn as like your ascendant sign. Like it has to be. It has. What does that mean? So it's just like your ascendant sign is like the first, um, like when you first meet somebody, it's like okay. the first portion of your personality, like a first impression that you give off to somebody. And then like your like Aries. So your sun sign is right. what you, uh, like your big, bold personality. Like when you get to know somebody, those will come out. Right there's oh my god I was so confident that you were a Capricorn you gotta have it as yours I'm oh my god you have to, you have to. maybe I feel it how do my, you find out I'll send you a link and you can take okay. it feel it my bones you just give me very earthy vibes you give me earth sign vibes maybe like, oh. I'm a secret baby yeah I was like, like, my birthday is wrong <laughs> I was like listen I was like you're not and I felt the same way about Stevie too um what what dates are Capricorn um, I think they do like January. Those are like the beginning, like oh, end okay. of December, beginning of January, somewhere in there. But no, it's not, it's not even the fact that it was like, you look like a winter baby. It's just like you, there's, I was not getting fire energy from you. Fire yeah, she wouldn't have guessed mine if I hadn't told her what mine was. You didn't? No. Say, it's Pisces. 
I'm a water sign, so she didn't get it right away. She thought I was completely different. Uh, I said that you were a fire sign, and I got your moon sign right, so let's just not, okay? All right. Do you usually get people right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, most of the yeah. time. No, that's why I feel like in my bones, in my bones, your ascendant sign is a Capricorn. It has to be, or some type of earth sign. But I thought you weren't, you're not, you're not like quiet enough, nor are you like, do you seem like uh, a plotter, like in your head, like, uh, like, like Virgos are very, um, like it's very hard to either piss them off or get along with them. So you don't feel like, I don't feel like you're very like that. And Tauruses are super stubborn and you don't give me that vibe. And I was like, oh my gosh, she's a Capricorn because Capricorns have such good energy and you give me earth signs. Fucking Aries. What the (laughs) fuck? And oh my God, this is why I thought she was an Aries because she reminded me of Fletcher and Fletcher's an Aries and he is ascendant sign and moon is in Capricorn. So, and I always thought he was a Capricorn. That is who he is. I need you to look it up. I'm going to see <laughs> Okay. I will do it. I'm going to come back on the podcast the next time. I'll be like, guess what? Elsie Silver's moon- ascendant sign was in Capricorn. So everybody just get, <laughs> off, my, get off my case. Um, okay. Yeah. So go ahead. Tell us a little bit, you know, talk about if you have a release coming up or a sale or anything like that, the floor is yours. Okay. So yeah. Um, the next book in my current series releases on August 13th. Um, um, you can join my mailing list if you would like a free copy of Out of the Gate, which is the prequel novella to book one. Um, and that's all in my link tree on my Instagram or on my Facebook or on my sad attempt at TikTok, um, which you are welcome to follow me on as well. And um, yeah, anybody who has questions or wants to talk about books, I'm always happy to chat. Thanks for having me, you guys. No problem. Thank you so much for joining us, and we hope that you have a lovely day.